Shalom Aleichem, everyone. This is Rabbi Kovacs. And for Tu Bishvat, we are continuing in Ketuvot, Chapter 7, Mishnah Bet, on the topic of Nedarim, vows that come between a husband and a wife. So Mishnah Bet, Hamadir et Ishto, one makes a neder with his wife. Now, normally these words mean he makes a vow against his wife or prohibiting his wife from something. In this case, Lumar explains, the wife made the neder and the husband heard about it and did not annul the neder. Now, in Bamidbar chapter 30, the Torah teaches that a husband can annul his wife's neder if it's something that is self-afflicting to her or affects their relationship. So here the mission continues, this neder was shalot titum echod mikolapeo. She will not taste from a type of produce. So this is a neder of self-affliction. She's going to deprive herself. And the husband does not annul the neder. Yotzi vietin ketuva. He needs to divorce her and pay her her full ketuva. So what's going on here is the husband is showing he doesn't care about his wife's suffering and self-affliction. He's like, doesn't bother me. So if that's true, they should not be married. Now today being Tubishvat, when we celebrate the Rosh Hashanah of Ilanot, of trees, fruit-bearing trees, and we celebrate the different species that Eretz Yisrael is blessed with, we should all be zoche to taste them all together in Eretz Yisrael. There's actually, there's an amazing Gemara, and it's a, it's a Talmud Yerushalmi, a Jerusalem Talmud in Kedushin chapter 4, Mishnah 12. Rav Chizkiah, Rav Kaun B'Shem Rav, so they said in the name of Rav, in the future, meaning after he passes away, every person will have to give an accounting. Everything that they saw in their lifetime that looked delicious, but they didn't eat it. The idea here is that Hashem put many delicious, appealing, uh, fragrant items into the world, and we're supposed to make a blessing, thanking God for them, and partake in them and enjoy them. Obviously not indulge in them, but to enjoy them is an amazing thing. In Rosh Hashanah, we have the, the custom, the minhag, to have different fruits, a new species, today Shechianuan and Simanim and different things, and it's an Indian to enjoy the things Hashem has put into this world for us. And it's, it's really part of being a Jew, a proud Jew, is thanking Hashem for every little thing he does for us. He, he didn't just give us food that nourishes. He gives us food that has different flavors, different textures, different spices, different fragrances. It's an amazing thing. You know, it, it would have been enough just to give us bread and water. But the diversity and the depth of what Hashem is giving to us is something to really celebrate. Now back to the Mishnah. Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda says, if this situation happens, the husband did not annul the self-afflicting vow, be a strial. If he's a regular Yisrael, Yom Echad, Yekayim. He could, the marriage can last one day, and hopefully she'll go to the rabbi and get the vow annulled and go for marriage counseling with the rabbi as well. Shnaim, but into the second day, Yotin Vietin Ketuva. They have to get divorced and pay up. Kohenit, a Mrs. Kohen, where the husband, the Mr. Kohen, cannot remarry her if the marriage ends. Shnaim Yekayim, they can try to take two days to patch things up. Shlosha, into the third day already, Yotzi Vietin Ketuva. Something Rabbi Silber says is that when our learning of the day, the Mishnah, the Daf, the Parsha, lines up with the day or the holiday or the festival, the season, it's really, it's like a kiss from Ibn Shalom. It's like Hashem is saying, I appreciate you learning. I'm going to make things line up where we're talking about eating fruit and produce on Tu Bishvat. Amazing. Let's go on to Mishnah Gimel. Hamadir et Ishto. Again, he's vowing on his wife. Really, the wife made the vow and the husband says, fine by me. And what's this vow? Shalotit koshet. She will not adorn herself. This can refer to perfume, 
makeup, jewelry, cosmetics, with any item. So she's saying, I'm not going to wear makeup anymore. Or I'm not going to do my hair anymore. Or I'm not going to wear perfume anymore. They have to get divorced and pay up the ketuva. The idea here is what the wife is saying by making such a vow is she's saying, I'm not interested in being attractive to my husband anymore. I don't want to put in the effort. I don't care if he looks at me. I don't care if he appreciates me or finds me beautiful. I'm just not interested, you know, in, in looking good for anyone else. I don't want to put in the work on this marriage. And the husband says, fine, have it your way. So this is obviously a very dire situation and that such a marriage should not continue. There's a Gemara we'll see in Kedushin that uh, a man shouldn't marry a wife unless he looks at her first and finds her beautiful. And of course, of course, the wife should also uh, try to put an effort and look beautiful for her husband as well. Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi adds a chilak here. He says, Be'oniot, if this is a very poor family, shalot natan kitzvah. So this vow would be marriage ending if there's no time limit to the vow. And the Gemara, they explain if it's going to last a year, then it would be game over. And the reason there is because the very poor women could usually not even afford perfume and cosmetics more than once a year. So in any event, she it might go a long time without her applying perfume. So the vow doesn't really change the situation on the ground all that much. But for wealthy women, shloshim yom. A vow like this up to 30 days would be tolerable, but anything longer than that would be marriage ending. Now, the Gemara, I believe it's on Daf 71, the Gemara in Ketuvot explains that the wealthy woman would apply a strong perfume once a month. So my personal assumption is after they went to the mikveh each month, they would apply a perfume to be attractive to their husband. And it was a very strong, fragrant uh, perfume that would last them a whole month. So if they make a vow where they're not going to wear perfume for more than a month, that's basically saying, I don't want to be attractive to my husband, even on mikveh night. And it's basically game over for the marriage. But less than a month, so she might still be wearing her perfume from last week. So it's not such a big deal necessarily until, you know, it comes around time again to reapply the perfume. And gabars like this really make us appreciate the, in modern times, we have a cosmetics industry, perfume industry, deodorant. It's Baruch Hashem accessible to everyone, rich and poor alike. And it becomes a chiyuv on us to bathe and to smell uh, nice, uh, you know, it's a mitzvah bein adam l'chavero to be uh, presentable and in, you know, looking good, smelling good. It's a, it's a great thing to do to be a kiddush Hashem, to show that the Jewish people are put together. It reminds me of a, of a medrash, so bonus today. Uh, there was a teaching of Hillel Azokin was leaving the classroom, leaving his Talmudim, and they said, Rebbe, where are you going? He says, I'm going to do a mitzvah. And they said, what mitzvah? He says, I'm going to bathe in the bathhouse. And they said, Rebbe, is that, is that really a mitzvah? He says, yes, of course. He says, Lahavdil, he gives a mushal, he gives an example. If somebody cleans up and scrubs and takes care of the statues or the portraits of the king that are over a city, then it gives, it gives honor to the king and it makes the king appreciate him. So too, when we take care of our bodies that Hashem made us, that Hashem made us, it says in Bratius in Genesis, then all the more so, Hillel Azakin explains that this brings honor to Hashem. And Hashem Kivyachal appreciates that we are presentable and that the Jewish people are what we call a Kiddush Hashem, that we're setting an example of how to be uh, dignified and um, approachable and, and really just, just a great glory to Hashem that His people are put together and smell good and look good. So, Ahag Sameach, Tubish Fat and be well.